Well, this chip on my shoulder won't come off. I scrubbed and scrubbed until I was red raw. Reconstructed full of filler. Somebody break the bronze soul. I guess I'm just a peasant from up north. Fantastic, J-Man. It sounded like a chicken noise before. Just before you came on, it was like a what? Like a squawk. You haven't started keeping poultry in the apartment, have you? No, I haven't started my poultry project yet. Yet. <laughs> how, are you keeping, how are you feeling now? Are you feeling better? I am. I'm in a much better state than when I saw you last. I was... Um, I was going downhill fast, wasn't I? When we when we went to the cinema. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but I feel fine now. Really lingered. It lingered for two weeks. That cold. It wouldn't go away. But I feel okay now. It's horrible, isn't it? There's just so much. Yeah. I mean, everyone says it, but there's so much going round. Head colds and this and that. Every other day, yeah, you hear of people picking up stuff. So great to see you, man. It's been a while. The last time we got together was like. Do you know when it was? Oh, if I had to take a guess. I remember talking about my trip to the Outer Hebrides in August. So I'm going to say, yeah, late August or early September. It's a good guess, man. I think, it could be wrong, but I think it was about the 12th of August. It was mid, or, mid to early August because it was the weekend. Uh, okay. It was the weekend where the, uh, the whole thing in Afghanistan happened. Wow. That time. Yeah. yeah, so it was like maybe 12th of August. So it's been three months nearly. That's shocking, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Diligence to our fans, you know what I mean? That's dedication, isn't it, to all the fans? <laughs> all the yeah. listeners. All the listeners to our chit chat about nothing. Because really, it's a podcast about nothing, isn't it? Let's be honest. We try to make it history themed. I suppose there's elements of history. There's elements maybe, of maybe, <laughs> film. Cool. Maybe we maybe we need to nail down some concrete features to the podcast. You know? What what is it about? What is the point? What yeah, what is the point? <laughs> <laughs> what are we doing here? Wasting an hour of our time. And <laughs> <laughs> five pounds a month on this subscription. I don't think that's true, is it? <laughs> Don't don't admit to that. Anyway, so it's good to see you, man. So we've got several great things coming up this podcast, yeah. haven't we? We've got Joe's Dilemma. It's going to be a good one. <laughs> <laughs> no, I told you we're not doing that this week. I haven't got a dilemma. We're going to come up with one, mate. I didn't realise. Okay, Joe's Dilemma, hopefully, maybe. Or it'll have to be a combined dilemma. <laughs> Some sort of improvised dilemma. <laughs> On modern living. Yeah. So we've got the dilemma coming up. We've got some comments on news, current events, world events. Mm. Mm. And then maybe the film section, we've got some reviews. Yeah, I'm looking forward to our film review because yeah. we're going to talk about the Wes Anderson film, aren't we? French Dispatch. That's right. That is a 
key point because we actually made the effort to both go at the same time to the same cinema. We did, yeah, yeah. Which was a, um, which was a nice cinema. And I, and I know you have opinions that are many and varied on that film, don't you? I'm looking forward to hearing what you had to say about it. Okay, well, yeah, my my opinions are not set in stone, but yeah, we can have a chat about it and talk about what we felt. But at the end of the day, they're just our opinions, good, bad, and. I think some some films you need to watch more than once, don't you? But anyway, so yeah, we could talk about things going on with ourselves, how we're dealing with the latest COVID lifestyle developments, mm -hmm. and you know, with work, holidays. We had a little holiday the other week, which was nice. In your neck of the woods, we went to where you're from. That's right. Yeah, we, we could do a little holiday review, a little review of the area. Uh, but yeah, plenty to talk about. We'll try and keep it punchy. We'll try and keep it within 40 minutes, hour. And yep, also, sounds good. history, Halloween facts, maybe. Yes, you taught in our little preview of the pod. You told me you were going to do a little history on Halloween section. That sounds really interesting. <laughs> Don't build it up <laughs> too much. Don't oh, build it up too much, man. man. But anyway, yeah, we'll keep it. Topical, light. Keep it dynamic. Dynamic. Yep. Not too much opinion. Well, it's all opinion, really, isn't it? But anyway, what did you think? Coming to news. Should we do news first, briefly? Yeah, we can. Are we? What kind of local news? Have you got any or local? Have you got any local news? World, world news. Uh, local news. Have I got any local news? Well, local to my building. Um. <laughs> This is quite. This is this is quite big, actually. Cool. So, as we have discussed on previous podcasts, my building has Grenfell Grenfell esque issues okay. in that the insulation behind the cladding on my building is combustible. So, right. um, thankfully, the government have forked out six million big ones to deal with the issue. And the work has finally started just now, so they're putting up scaffolding. And get this, because some of the materials in the uh, the walls of the building are deemed dangerous, yeah. they're wrap they're wrapping the scaffolding scaffolding in plastic. Yeah. So I don't know if you've ever seen that, where like a building's getting work done. So basically, we're going to look like a giant plastic cube really so imagine that you're going to be we're going to be in our living room yeah and we won't be able to see i don't know if it's transparent and you can see outside the plastic but yeah. from the reviews i've read of residents of buildings that this work is going on yeah you know it's difficult to tell what kind of weather it's going to be like it's going to be so like some kind of weird wow yeah Strange, eh? You're that's the local. That's, wow, that that's is big. That's big news for you. So you're in a bubble, basically. Yeah, yeah, giant plastic bubble. Yeah, a lot. Wow. Of, what a lot of residents have done have just cut holes. They've just cut holes in the plastic so they can see outside. So we did think about doing that, but uh -huh. so now it seems a bit asbo that. Yes. So have they actually stepped onto the scaffolding and cut like a little porthole for themselves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow, that sounds a little bit reckless. And then they can peek yeah. their head. They can peek their head out of the bubble, and get some fresh yeah. air. Get some fresh air. Wow! But, I didn't um, realise your building had that problem. That it was so bad. So they've spent six million just on your building. 
Yeah, six million on our building alone. Six mil. That's a lot of money. Private contractors, though, so they if they know that you've got public funding coming in, they're just going to go, yeah, we need six million pounds to deal with this problem. I know. You wonder how much it was to build the building in the first place? I mean, how much did it cost to build yeah, the whole yeah. thing? Do you know what I mean? Was it six million? Good, <laughs> or less? Good point. <laughs> it's a lot of money, isn't uh, it? Wow. Okay, cool. Well, that's big news for you. Cool. Uh, should we bring it to... A world news front. What did you think about yeah. the Afghanistan thing? Just in a nutshell, what did you think? Um, the, the the immediate question that comes to my mind is: Should America be the police officer mm. of the world? Uh, should they be deemed, you know, the police of the world? Do they have that duty, that moral obligation to look after affairs that aren't happening in their country? Mm. Uh, as a as a world power, is that the job of uh, of a world power? If if so, then they shouldn't have pulled out. But if not, then do they have the right to say we're wasting lives and money here? We're going to pull out our troops. Yeah. What do you think? What do I think? Ooh. It's very political. Isn't it? I mean, you'd have to take it back twenty years to when they went in there. What was the reason for doing it? And when you think, from a history point of view, we may have mentioned this in the past, but. I don't think we have, not here anyway. The fact that they didn't take German troops out of Germany, or what am I saying, they didn't take Allied troops out of Germany till whenever. There's still some there now, maybe. Do you know what I mean? Obviously the Cold War developed and both sides had troops stationed in East and West Germany. But do you know what I mean? You think, well, to do the reconstruction of Germany and so on. So in some countries like Japan and Germany, they didn't rush out. They are probably there after 20 years still, weren't they? Definitely in Germany. Yeah. Germany, they had bases and British troops did tours there. So I don't know if that answers it. But I think if you're going to intervene and completely, you know, say, right, we're going to reconstruct your country in a better way, and for their own ends, so that they'd say maybe, oh, it's to do with terrorism and stuff, you can't suddenly, just without much warning, just evacuate, because then it causes more death and destruction to people who, I don't know, we're working with the Americans and with the West and it leaves them all vulnerable and hence the refugee situation. What do you think about the poor refugees? Yeah, those refugees uh, so desperate that they were willing to cling onto planes and then fall from the planes and lose their lives. I mean, that is devastating. Yeah, it's yeah. just, well, it's indicative of the kind of life that they were then expecting under Taliban rule, isn't it? You know, yeah, and yeah. how harsh that is. It's, it's, it's really uh, saddening when you think about, especially the women of those of that country, and mm. the, the the change that they're going to see in their lives in terms of not having an education and not being able to do jobs that they were previously allowed to do. It's really, really, it's it's a tough read. It is. It really is. It is. Yeah, it's sad, isn't it? And your heart goes out to those people. What else can you say? Yeah. I mean, it's just a terrible situation, isn't it? Anyway, on that sad note, but hopefully the getting to better places now. Yeah, and yeah, yeah, moving forward. Women's rights will be protected and people of minority groups will be protected. Their right mm. to exist and prosper will be looked after, mm. but you don't hold that much hope to you. A lot of governments of the world aren't very tolerant to people of various persuasions and beliefs or orientations, so anywho. Coming closer to home now, the COP26 summit, what do you think? 
the thing in yeah, Scotland, I, the climate change yeah, summit. I'm, Any thoughts on that? Um, thoughts, thoughts, thoughts. I, I mean, on paper, some of the pledges that have been made are really positive. Mm. Um, I think, you know, the big ones, India, saying they're going to half their, generate half of its electricity from renewables by 2030 and then aim for net zero by 2070. Now, that's big news because they're deemed as yeah. one of the big offenders. polluters, aren't they? Yeah. India, they're one of the big offenders. Mm. Um, but although a lot of experts are looking at that and think that's really ambitious, a bit dubious that they've pledged to that. So, yeah, yeah. you know, we're going to watch that space. And then the other big one that I saw, well, there's a few, but the forests as well. I didn't realise that forests are being felled at 30 football pitches per minute. Wow. That's scary. Isn't that insane? Isn't that's, that scary? That's so but scary. The, the aim is to reverse deforestation by 2030, and importantly, Brazil signed up to that pledge because they are, again, one of the major offenders mm. in that. And then you've got the methane reduction, coal they're trying to mm. uh, reduce, but then... Again, the, the the methane, China, Russia, India, they didn't sign up to the pledge. And then coal, many countries have, have pledged to end their coal use altogether. But critically, Australia, India, US and China didn't sign up. So it's worrying, isn't it? You know, you think in yeah. some of these cases, it's there, are, there, are, there have been positive steps. But listening to Greta Thunberg, Thunberg, I don't know how you pronounce it, over the last... Mm -hmm few days or so and she's saying it's we're nowhere near where we need to be yeah so what 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 did you think of it the same i mean the same as you said you just kind of think wow 30 football pictures every minute i mean that's incredible isn't it when you hear how many what acreage that is a week it's just mind-blowing isn't it that there's that much woodland that forest that they can do that really the earth has yeah, such a yeah the earth has such a kind of ability to withstand abuse and it has done for so long but you just think it's reaching that point isn't it the critical point where the shift of scales but I mean what what do you think we can do individually just bringing it to a conclusion because obviously we're just individuals and everyone listens to this it's just, we're just ones and twos and families what do you think we can do what could we do or what should we do even well I, I think First and foremost, it's important not to dwell too much on the fact that, I know you might think, oh, we're just a little country, the UK, the real offenders here are China, your Indias, mm -hmm. and, you know, a big problem are a lot of, particularly, you know, the, the more developing countries, the countries in sub-Saharan Africa who are nowhere near they're just getting around to getting diesel and petrol cars you can't expect them to yeah. fork out 20 grand for an electric car you know yeah. I'm, I'm going I'm, what I'm saying is I'm going off tangent here it's it's important that you go oh I know that those big countries have got to make changes but you can, we can make little changes here in the UK can't we by reducing things like the amount of meat and dairy that we eat that's a huge thing isn't it mm, yeah and uh, trying to recycle where we can and flying is a huge contributor isn't it right. to to carbon yeah. let the train take the strain that's what I say did you make that up? Uh, no I heard that recently <laughs> let the train take the strain <laughs> that's good 
That's good. That's all good. That's all good advice. Yeah. So fly less, eat less animals, dairy, if you can. Yeah. Bring yourself to. It's one of them, isn't it? I mean, I was listening to a podcast the other day with Adam Buxton interviewing Lee Mack, and he's gone vegan. The comedian Lee Mack from Southport, not far away. Mm. But he was saying how he'd become vegan and teetotal. But he was kind of saying, well, if you can make little changes, why wouldn't you? And then if it yeah. turns out that that didn't contribute or make any difference, well, at least you did what you thought was going to help. But it hasn't hurt anyone. So, no. but if, if it does help collectively to do that, to fly less, to eat less meat and dairy, and maybe try a plant-based approach to things, then what's who loses ultimately? People might say the farmers. Yeah. I suppose the farmers would say I lose because I'm not selling the milk, I'm not mm. selling the meat. But then. If it, no one, it's not going to happen overnight where everyone, everyone changes and the market will just gradually shift and adjust and then mm. people will grow less of this and more of this mm. and the government should look after those farmers shouldn't it and incentivise and kind of look after the, their well-being and livelihood and if they're having to shift from you know animal farming to is it arable like with crops and stuff then they should be supporting yeah. that but yeah why not why not I mean I don't feel any worse for not having eaten meat my whole life and I don't feel any yeah. worse for not eating dairy the last four years so it's fine it's up to each individual isn't it at the end of the day as you say but hopefully they'll come up with some good ideas at this summit who knows what they're going to come up with go on what are you going to say what is your I last week I had no milk yeah. I didn't drink cow's milk Um. And I'm nearly there with it. I'm, I'm past the cereal barrier now. I can enjoy a bowl of cereal with oat milk. Mm. The, the one thing I just can't stomach, though, is I like a milky tea or a milky coffee, yeah. and nut milks just don't fill that void for me. What do you do coffee tea-wise? Do you have them black? Yeah, 90% of the time, black. Oh. Um, I just had a coffee with soy milk in, but I think it's an acquired right. taste. I think it's... a a soya latte, as they call it, is an acquired taste, isn't it? But I like it. Yeah. I think it tastes nice. I mean, I haven't had milk since I was 20. I kind of gave milk a long time ago, but cow's milk. The kids have yeah. oat milk. I have soya milk. It's only the uh, the good lady who has the real, the real cow's milk. The milk of a cow. The milk from the cow. Oh, man, he has, yeah, oat milk, soya milk. So yeah, yeah, there's only one out of five of us who are on the real milk. The real milk from another, <laughs> from an udder. But and, yeah. and does she does she buy a small carton? Because yeah. Nadia's stopped drinking cow's milk now, so I can't get anything bigger than one of the smaller cartons because the milk will just go yeah, off. Yeah, yeah. After, after. Is yeah. that what is that what you're? That's all she gets every business. couple, every few days. Yeah, a little tiny because she doesn't have yeah. cereal like, like we do, so it's just for tea. Yeah. Just like yourself, milky teas. But man, this is riveting stuff, isn't it? <laughs> riveting stuff. <laughs> Our dietary discussion. <laughs> Who wears milk in your eyes? What kind of milk yeah. do I have? Oh, <laughs> is she a blue or a green? Milk. Census. <laughs> <laughs> but it's true. It ties in with the news, doesn't it? About climate and stuff. And individually, we can all do. I was reading the thing in the eye. I know we both read the same middle of the road sort of newspaper. Great good, copy of the eye this weekend. Yeah, it takes me a week to read it, though, man. It takes me a week. Mm. Like Friday, I'm still finished off the weekend before. That's how slow a reader. I'm. I just don't have time to sit down. I'll read like one page, 
sometimes when I get to work, I'll go open a page and read a couple of pages and then just put it down. Yeah. But I skip. I skipped straight to the best pub, best pubs for Sunday roast section this week. Okay. You Great section. Disappointed though because there was only one pub in Cumbria, and I was like, "Come on, got to be more pubs for a good Sunday roast in Cumbria." Where was the one in Cumbria? It was the Black Swan, um, and I think it was somewhere in the North Lakes. But I could okay. be wrong there. Okay. Cool. So, have you been there? Because I know that's your. Have you been to the Black Swan? I. Do you know what? I haven't. I'm going to go out of my way to find it next time we're up there and go yeah. for a Sunday roast to see if the eye is correct. Okay. We were in a. Verifying. Moving seamlessly onto holidays and eating establishments, we went to a place in your hometown the other week. Mm. It was one of the last nights. We had a week there with the kids. Half term and it was nice. It was lovely, and uh, the place we stayed in was amazing. Vicky managed to arrange it, and we got a good deal. But it was, we went for a meal in Carlisle. A little bit disappointing, the place we yeah. went to, because we were just like, oh, let's just go out, and then everywhere seemed closed. It was Wednesday night. Everywhere seemed quiet, and then we saw this place opening up. It was like an old kind of Tudor-esque building. I won't say the name of it to embarrass them, but it was a little bit like shoddy. Do you know what I mean? When you go yeah. in and there's like photocopy things stuck on the wall saying special mm-hmm. and it was like a pub but not as good. And then it was like yeah. 70, 80 quid and you're like, oh, that's quite a lot for what? And it was the for two little ones were on the kids' menu and we were having basic vegan pizzas were just like, man alive. Yeah. It was yeah, half-hearted. Yeah, yeah. It was half-hearted. Do you know what I mean? It was unimaginative and it was like, what's this? Vicky, oh, Vicky could do something better. I could do something better. It was just basically a pizza without cheese. Do you know what I mean? Ah, oh, that sounds terrible. Do you know what? I, There's just no love. I feel like I, oh. I feel, I feel like I have to apologise on behalf of my. <laughs> don't no, on the behalf of, of the town was beautiful, lovely place, lovely people. Don't apologise yeah. for Carlisle. The Carlisle Castle was amazing. Let's let's bring it to a positive. The Carlisle mm. Castle was amazing. The guide we got was so f- cool. He was such a cool history nerd. I loved him. I thought he was great. Yeah. He was taking us yeah. around, showing us all stuff. The licking stones where the Jacobites were kept down in the uh, basement. Basement. Like <laughs> some bottom of a tower. <laughs> it's like a basement of a tower. Where they went, 90 went in and only 28 came out because that's how badly treated they were. After wow. A wow. year and a half. Although he did say they weren't given food and water and I just thought, that can't be true. I don't think they could live a year and a half just on licking the walls for due. That's outrageous. And I think they must have given us some food. They weren't cannibalising the dead fellas, were they? That would be... No, no. I've never heard that, but you know, you think... I, don't, I think they were probably given something. A handful of oats every few days, but... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Something to keep them going. But it was before but, the, the Highland clearances. They, were, they weren't treating those Jacobites nicely. They were... And, uh, and, you, and you did Tully House, the little museum the across one, the road. Yeah, the yeah. Castle. The one you recommended, we did that one, which was very good. It was very, very good, that one, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, it was fab. Lots of, loads of Roman stuff, isn't there? Yeah, there. it was really good, it was good. To be honest, I mean, the, the highlight for us was, yeah, Carlisle Castle, the young lad who was taking us round, who knew his stuff, he was good. And also going to Adrian's Wall and walking to different bits of it and going to the mm. actual forts. We went to Birdeswald, is it? And 
Oh yeah, yeah. Something House Steads was another one. That was amazing. House Steads was right up on a ridge and it was a beautiful clear day. And you, wow, this was so exposed where they put it. They always had it high up, didn't they? The, yeah. the ridge lines they were following and stuff, but we were blown away by that and the fact you can still see these two thousand year old latrines there it's amazing. I think so if anyone's going to Lake District, don't forget about what's above the Lake District, heading further north into North Cumbria. It's boss. I loved all the history yeah. of it. But uh, that was all good. It was all good. I mean, speed cameras everywhere. That was catching me up. I'm still waiting for tickets to come through because I'm thinking, oh, although it has been over two weeks, I think there is a time, a statute of uh, time where they have to issue it. <laughs> I read yeah. somewhere legally. But, you know, these average ones, because I'm, I'm, I'm a slow driver. I'm super careful. And I was tootling yeah. along, you know, even when it's a 60, I'll be doing 50. Do you know what I mean? But then you come really? to a little area. Well, you know, it comes to an area and it goes 40, and you go, okay, I can do that. And I'm doing like 35 in the 40. And then it suddenly switched to 30. And I was like, oh, and then I, the average camera signs were everywhere. And I thought, oh, I've probably been doing like 35 in the 30 then, because it suddenly went from 40 to 30 for a little bit. And I thought, oh, they've well got me. And that, anything like that really bothers me. I'd rather someone just came up to me and said, there's your ticket, pay it. But I hate, oh, oh, I hate, I it's the points on the license as well, you know what I mean? I'm dreading that. But I don't think it's going to happen. I think I must have been lucky. Yeah, I <laughs> That was the only bad thing. Yeah, that was the only negative of the holiday where I thought, oh man, <laughs> have I gone like two miles an hour over? That's how law abiding I might have averaged. <laughs> I might have averaged for a few seconds, like two, you know, a couple of miles above 30 or something, you know, three or something. Is um, it? Does. Does your good woman ever encourage you to drive faster, or ne is she never. happy? She yeah, never. she never to go faster. I mean, and then after that, because I was like kept seeing these average speed camera signs everywhere, I was like determined to, to be super hot on it. For you know, because that was like the first day we were up in Carlisle, and then Vicky kept saying, "Everyone's uh, going very fast, and they keep overtaking you." So I was driving like a proper old fart then. And yeah, cars were flying yeah, yeah. past us, so you know, if you go on roads, and they knew the roads like the back of their hand, and they knew where all these cameras were and which ones, how to avoid them and stuff. But I was still just being so, so careful there. Because I was like, yeah. I'm not going to get, if I've got one ticket, I'm not having another one. So I was just like, <laughs> and then you'd have these people bombing past you. You're not doing 50, you're doing 50 and a 60 road, and you can tell they were wound up and they fly past you. And like, well, but anyway. You can see the sense in it, though. I mean, yeah. Those windy country roads, they are the reason for a lot of unfortunate fatalities of course they are. in Cumbria. Yeah, of course they are. I had, I, had a, Go on. I had a friend from school who died in a car crash. He just passed his test. But oh. And there's nobody on the roads and people are flying around, young lads that are just learning to drive. It's, yeah. it's different to, you know, being in and around a city, I suppose. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's why they have speed cameras for people who are reckless. Yeah, they have to have them, don't they, to try and discourage that. Talking about yeah. dangerous driving, about a month ago, going to work, somebody tried to swerve into me. I couldn't believe it. And it was caught. What? I got it on my dash cam. And the guy, it was so funny. I was just tooting along. And there was cars either side of me. There was ones in front of me. It was rush hour, you know, like quarter to eight, busy motorway, M57 by Liverpool there. And this guy came flying up behind me. And I thought, I've got nowhere to go. I can't go left. Can't. And then eventually, the car next to me must have got out of his way on his left. So he whizzed up left, left to me. And then he was probably giving me some abuse. So I was just ignoring him because I was just listening to my music. Thinking, well, I can't go. I'm not going to speed. 
Do you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then all of a sudden, try to teach me a lesson. The guy swerved. And I was like, <laughs> I was thinking, oh no, that's not on. That's mental. The guy was swerving like he was in the, you know, the A team or something, trying to like crash into me. And so I, I rang the police about it and spoke to somebody and uh, said, I've got the footage. And they got back in touch and said, yeah, the guy's done it a couple of times in the last month. So people no must way. be doing it every day. This guy must be doing it every day. Forcing people almost off the road for a laugh. And that was the funny thing. When he saw the camera, he gave me the thumbs up like that. Like, oh, his demeanor changed. And I was like, oh, man, alive. What a, what a divvy. But you think, so you've got... Uh, how, how clear is the footage of him trying to good. swerve into you? It's it? really good. Because on a GoPro, I, I use a GoPro in the car. And it's a good one. Even though I haven't set it to the highest res. But it was good enough. I haven't heard back from the police. They said, oh, yeah, yeah, we'll do something with that. Because the guy did it to a woman a couple of weeks ago who complained who had no footage or they couldn't pursue it. So I was like, well, if two people complain about him in, in a few weeks, you know he's doing it every day, this guy. Yeah, nutter. Yeah, nutter. And then he went off on the 62 towards Manchester, and I just thought, what a fool. But someone who was a bit more meek and mild or nervous would have really... You could lose control, you know what I mean, if you're doing 70. Mm. And someone tries to deliberately drive into you, like... But anyway, the woes of having to commute sometimes, you come across these utter fools who are prepared to like risk people's lives for what why what what would be the gain do you know what i mean and what's he hope's gonna happen i'm gonna crash somebody's gonna crash and go ha ha taught him for not going over 70 or getting out of my way you think it's just weird isn't it yeah that's what's going on some people have got so much pencil panger don't they yes it made no sense at all like this guy was literally behind me for only a minute so it wasn't like he was behind me for loads of time getting frustrated. He was just there one minute. Next minute he was on side of me. Next minute he was trying to drive into me. And I was like, you are a nutter. What are you doing? Yeah. Yeah, I think yeah, at that yeah. point I did look over and was like, what are you doing? Are you mad? <laughs> 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 it's not what you want when you go into work and you just have to kind of just go. But after a minute I was fine. I was just like, whatever. It's life. It's modern living, isn't it? And people are so pent up. Maybe, as you say, maybe things like COVID and... Yeah, yeah, months inside. Yeah, people are even more flaky than they they maybe were used used to be. I don't know. I don't know. We'll see it as time goes on, won't we? How people behave socially and public and that. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, oh, we could go. We could go down the long and winding road of the decaying morals in society, but we've got a film to talk about, haven't we? Yeah, let's do the film because. Yeah, because I think if people are listening and they've seen us in the description, they may go, well, let's hear a couple of average Joes who yeah. are... Not, we're not thick guys. We're fairly intelligent. But yeah, we went to see... And I, How long would you say you've been a Wes Anderson fan? Um, I've been a Wes Anderson fan. I wasn't a Wes Anderson fan right from the beginning. I wasn't aware of his work. But as soon as I saw the Grand Budapest Hotel, Hotel that was my first ever Wes Anderson film. Mm-hmm. And then after that, I saw the Darjeeling Limited. I saw Moonrise Kingdom, the Royal Tenenbaums, and I just love them all. I love his style. Yeah. I love his full frame shots and his color palettes and his, you know, interesting striking characters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good. Whatever. Whatever. How about you? You. Yeah. No, I mean, I love the way terms you use their color palettes and yeah the shots he does are incredible where he pans across the sets that they've created like in Grand Budapest or Life Aquatic where they create the side of the ship yeah. and they kind of take the shot almost as though it's scaffolded in one scene isn't it like 
incredible yeah, yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I mean, I think the first films came out late nineties, like Bottle Rocket was his first film, and then there was the Royal. It wasn't Royal Tenenbaums; it was Rushmore, wasn't it? But yeah, I kind of watched them then. So I've I've always loved his films, and then after Royal mm. Tenenbaums, I was like, wow, this is great, and Life Aquatic. Yeah, and then you'd say to people, "Oh, my favorite director is, or one of my favorite is Wes Anderson." And nobody, people would look blankly at you up until maybe the Grand Budapest Hotel. It was right. kind of not; he wasn't that known in this country, or not commonly. It wasn't in the kind of psyche of people. So I'd always go, "Oh, Wes Anderson, watch him," and people would be like, mm. and they they think I was talking about some horror director, like <laughs> 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 where's somebody else, where's Craven or something. I'd be like, "No, no." No, no, it's not horror films. It's the quirky, intelligent, yeah, brilliant yeah, yeah. cast. They always have amazing casts. Everyone wants to be in these films. You know the Owen Wilsons and the Bill Murrays, and but yeah. So this one, come on, let's go to the French Dispatch. What did you think of it? What were your thoughts? I know you weren't well in the night, so your perception was probably coloured by your growing fever. Yeah. <laughs> and there was, and you said to us it beforehand, I- "I'm not sure I'm well enough." And then you kind of said, "I'll sit away from you." Yeah, but there was enough room in the cinema, wasn't there? It was lovely, fact cinema in Liverpool, and there was loads lovely, of space. Yeah, because yeah, it was midweek. Yeah, and, uh, it was. Armor. It was. It was great. And and do you know what? I think, um, not feeling one hundred percent, not having my, or shall I say, my cognitive powers were somewhat diminished with the with with being unwell. Mm. That didn't bode well for watching this film did it I mean it's it's there's so much yeah. stimulus yeah, yeah. it's like a sensory overload overload yeah. and, and like I, I just thought that because it's the, the way it's 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 structured it's it's like a, it's supposed to be like a love letter to journalism isn't it you've got three stories bookended yeah by by the the, the the main story, uh, this newspaper in a fictitious French city, um, and although there was a lot of you know Wes Anderson's signature uh, touch, that for me it was it was just too fast. It was confusing. I couldn't tell you any of the characters' names, yeah, yeah. Um, and I felt like maybe rather than doing three miniature stories in one he could have used any one of those three and just made it a full mm. like just like put a bit more meat on the bones and made it a full length mm. film that was my opinion I don't know how do what do you think yeah I mean similar it was kind of I like that expression love letter to journalism that it was kind of that because it all linked back to the paper didn't it that was meant to be the kind of common theme that threaded the stories the art story yeah, yeah. The, the student revolution. I guess it was Paris. I don't know if it was meant to be anonymous. I think it was meant to be Paris, wasn't it? Pretty, by the look right. of it and the description of the student uprising in the 60s. I don't know if the artist was meant to be based on a real person. The, uh, what was the actor? Del Toro? Is that him? Who played the artist? Um, with her, otherwise known as the James Bond girl. I don't know. Yeah, I'm not sure what his name is. Famous actor, anyway, isn't he? I mean, but yeah, it was yeah, good. Yeah. As you say, there was so much going on. There was so, it was so fast paced, and it was yeah, it was kind of manic. It was good. I think we all agreed you'd have to watch it again because when you're in a cinema, 
sometimes the first time you miss I mean for, I'd say that about Wes Anderson films you'd watch them 20, 30 times and you'd see lines or hear lines little details that you'd never seen before and I go oh that's brilliant so just little throwaway line so it's, with this film it's even more you can see the money the money's been spent on it it's huge isn't it even more than the yeah, Grand Budapest Hotel yeah. the sets and the casts and the da 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 it's huge isn't it but as you say sometimes the beauty in the small things and the slow things like the Tenemos was quite slow in parts wasn't it but this is yeah. almost like I felt like it was inside a person with ADHD their head yeah 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 I agree with that because you had you had stuff going on in the foreground quite complex dialogue or monologues Mm. you know and then you had stuff little animations and things going on in the background as well and you you're trying to take it all in and it's especially when you're not feeling 100% it's it's difficult but then would probably merit a second watching, like you say, because you'd come away going, "Oh yeah, now I kind of get what they were, what he was thinking there, and yeah. I understand that a bit a bit more." You know, what was your favourite section? What was your favourite bit? I don't, know. I don't know. I like the one with the artist. I thought it was quite good. I'd have to watch yeah. it a few times. I think it's one of those films where to do it justice, I wouldn't like to say because usually I say anything Wes Anderson touches and does is amazing, whether it's the motion mm. stop animations like the Isle of Dogs or Fantastic Mr Fox and I'm sure this is amazing it's like an artwork isn't it it's multi-layered it's complex it's complicated but I don't know I mean it's it's different it's evolved from the what the Tenenbaums type format mm-hmm. it's just like it's almost too much going on I don't know but it was amazing it was good and it was quirky and it was it was kind of sweet that you know in a film era where there's everything's big effects and it's still quite, quite old-fashioned as a film isn't it it just kind of stands alone in its quirkiness there's nothing like it basically is there so i don't i think it's good in that respect i don't know it's anyway it was a film it was worth seeing i'd be regretting yeah. it now if i hadn't seen it but yeah i think it needs a few watches if you're going to go and see it we recommend it i recommend it what do you think um, I think if you're a Wes Anderson fan already, then yeah, absolutely, go and go and watch it. See what you think. I think if you're not a Wes Anderson fan and you're new to him and his films, yeah. definitely don't start with this film. Yeah. Start with something. Start with the Grand Budapest Hotel. I think that's a really good little introduction to Wes Anderson, and then move on from there. Because I think this is quite heavy on the on the senses. That would be my advice. Yeah. Yeah. And it had like a few CD bits in it, I thought. Yeah, I was. I, that was new for me, the nudity, especially in the art bit. I don't know if he was trying to be a bit more European there or what, but <laughs> it was a bit It was a bit much. I was like, yeah. wow, this is intense. Yeah, that's right. I mean, and also the kind of, yeah, there were a few bits in it with the, uh, is it Francis McDormand who with the student yeah. guy who plays yeah. Henry V. Yeah. But I always think you look a bit like, you know, in Henry V anyway. He has a he has a, oh, a yeah, you, you've mentioned you've mentioned that to me before actually, yeah. He's a hot young actor, isn't he? Everyone wants him in, in films. But yeah, scenes like that I just thought, oh I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what the point <laughs> what's the point? What was the point? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I didn't need those bits. I don't know. But it was interesting. It was interesting. But was it, I mean, it was that, yeah, was he leaning into the whole French thing? Macron 
he's now married to his teacher, isn't he? I don't know. Is it? Yeah, yeah, Macron, President Macron. His wife's way older than him, used to be his teacher at school. Uh, just that, you know. Is she a lot older French. than him? Is she a lot older than him? Yeah, yeah. There's a French. I don't know much about the French uh, student uprisings of the sixties. I like to study it more. So that middle section that had the student uprising was interesting. I remember my dad telling me he was he was in Paris at around that time. And this is my only real point of reference that he was there with a mate, and they were like kind of hitchhiking through France, and they were in Paris, and he woke up under a bridge. They were sleeping in the sleeping bags, in by the Seine. So he was in this little sleeping bag. And he woke up and realised there was somebody else in the sleeping bag with him. What? And I was like, when he told me that story, I was like, didn't you notice some creeping in? No. But he woke up and this guy was inside the sleeping bag with him. They must have had a few drinks, I guess, and maybe they were a bit stoned, yeah, stoned yeah, or something. Yeah, yeah. He woke up and this guy was in the sleeping bag with him. So he starts fighting with him, pummeling him. And then the guy is saying, oh, no, no, no. And he realised it was just a kid, like a kind of somebody in their early teens like a young African person like a maybe like an Algerian lad or something and he felt really bad then he was like oh I don't let the guy come out but you think how desperate must this person have been ah, he crawled yes, into sleeping the sleeping bag with some smelly English guy smelly English lad and my dad was probably in his late teens but and they were there around that that was when the student uh, thing was kicking off so the police were were pretty hot on anyone who looked like a a smelly mod basically <laughs> wow! <laughs> was he a mod? Was he a mod, your dad? He was more of a mod, yeah. They were park, fishtail parkers and all that kind of stuff, you know. Wow! I don't think Not he followed rocket. it. I don't think he followed it fully, like religiously, like. But yeah, they were more mods. You know, they go down to Brighton. No, 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 no. I don't think so. They're fighting with the rockers on Brighton. Yeah. Front there. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. Not none of that, but. I mean, they were like just had their Beatles haircuts and stuff. I don't know. It was this late sixties. But yeah, anyway. yeah. The film, so Grand Pud- yeah. the French Dispatch. I was going to say the Grand Budapest Hotel, the French Dispatch, by Wes Anderson. Worth seeing. I mean, I'd give it seven out of ten. Maybe I'll watch like, it. Well, It'll go up. I, I think some films I, I, need to watch I, again I, and again. I think you've mellowed a little bit because you were visibly frustrated, irritated <laughs> as we were leaving the cinema. You were. You were like, oh, I can't believe you were saying. Um, They've tried to get every man and his dog on in this film. Everybody wanted a piece of it, and they've tried to cram too many people in. That's that's what you, that was your initial reaction. Oh to yes, it. yeah, that was my initial reaction. Oh, mad spinner with it. It's too much has gone on, and I kept thinking, oh, there were too many actors. You could see everybody wanted to be in it. Yeah, and you yeah. can imagine because everyone wants to be in a Wes Anderson film. Who wouldn't? And I get that, and they'd say to their agents, "Just get me in it, no matter what." And they probably paid half of what they would do for another film, you know, because mm-hmm. they just want to be have that on the resume. And I get that. But you kind of thought, oh, just too many actors, too many stories, too much of everything. Sometimes, yeah. sometimes less is more. Do you not think? I think that's a great. Do you know what? I think that sums up personally, but perfectly, the my review of the Wes Anderson film, mm. The French Dispatch. Sometimes less is more. Possibly, yeah. And that's not to say he's still probably the best, if not one of the best directors in the world, living. Definitely, and that's just my opinion, but, you know, he's up there with Terence Malick and Michael Mann, whoever, he's a genius, but, yeah, it's just, we're going to watch it again, let's just say that. Yeah, yeah. We're going to watch it again. 
Cool, so there's our review done. We had a little chat about news. We've chatted about the climate conference. We've chatted about what we can do individually to offset carbon emissions. I was thinking we've got a lot of trees. I want to get, I'm going to get some compost bins. That was the other thing I was going to say when I read that article in the paper. That's one thing we could do that we don't do. We don't compost enough stuff. Mm. My, my dad's big into composting. He's got a worm, like yeah. a worm bed. And he just chucks any food into the worm and then it produces super cool. soil that's like super rich in nutrients. Yeah. Really good for everything. Great. That's a great idea. Mum's, my mum's just got one of them. I'm sure your dad's is on a grander scale though. Because they're probably, where they live, I'm guessing, surrounded by quite a few acres, aren't they? Uh, yeah, they've got a good space for their garden. Yeah. But and she's got the worms and everything, has she? Yeah. They have, yeah. They've got the wormery. But I mean, I don't know if we'd go so far as a wormery. I'm just thinking compost for like plant waste and un uncooked stuff because you can't put meat in that. And you can put meat in the wormery, can't you? And, and food. Not that we've got any meat in ours, but cooked food. Yeah. It's just rats, isn't it? You got to worry about for. Yeah, that's the only thing. Yeah. Anyway, man, it's been good. We've talked about a few different things. We've talked about loads we of have. things. Anything else you want to talk about? So you, you haven't got a dilemma this week. No, I haven't got a dilemma. My life's been fairly straightforward recently. Um, I'm trying to think off the top of my head. No no dilemmas. I usually do. Something usually happens and I think, oh, what should I do in this situation? Yeah. But, but I haven't. There's usually some no, violent uh, event going on or and you think, shall I intervene or shall I do this? Or Yeah. What happened yeah. with the guitar? Just give us a follow-up with the guitar. Did that ever get claimed? No, nobody ever claimed it. Although... Still to this day, I wonder whether I should have gone to the police and said, look, I found this guitar in my basement. But I didn't, and whoever it is now probably is given up looking, so... I thought you did. It's... You rang up and they went, don't worry about it. Well, I put notices up in the flat and then they got in touch with me. Yeah. So, you know, That's I, pretty I did decent. something. You did plenty there, man. That's pretty good. Yeah, That's, yeah. And the police knew about it. They read the notices, so they found... Somebody down the street said, oh, my guitar's been nicked. Then they could have come back to yeah. you, couldn't they? They wouldn't have taken that much effort to join those two dots. But the police are busy, aren't they? They're out there chasing guys that are trying to swerve into other people's cars. Do you know what I mean? They've got bigger priorities <laughs> than missing guitars. I don't think I'll hear anything more about that, I suspect. Because, yeah, you know, sometimes you think, oh, I'll let you know next time if anything does come of it. But it's been mm -hmm. about three weeks, four weeks, I haven't heard anything. So probably they won't do anything. Unless yeah. I was seriously injured, they're probably not that interested. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's a wild world out there, man. It's like the Wild West. <laughs> God, unless someone actually gets really hurt, they're not going to bother. I don't know. Cool. It's been good, man. It's been a blast. Yeah. I feel like we haven't talked about that much, but we've kept it sharp, short and sweet. We have. We, we've, we've nailed the key points, other than what you're having for tea this evening. What are you going for? It's a good question. I don't know. Is the answer? I don't know. We are. We I did. I did dinner. Saying. I did the dinner stroke lunch. So, I think Vicky's going to yeah. take charge of tea. Go on. What were you going to say? We're having pizza and chips. Pizza and chips. <laughs> what about that gin behind you? Any uh, tankery gin? This. This is a some. Let's say zero percent alcohol gin. Really? Really nice. Yeah, Zero. maybe we can a little G&C. 
0% alcohol gin. Yeah, Whoa, yeah, yeah. That's amazing. I know what you're thinking. What's the point? But it's really nice. Well, there's plenty of points to it. I mean, I'm trying to have a dry November, not even have any. Really? I not have yeah, any. We... Yeah, even yesterday we went out with the kids and cousins and that. And my brother-in-law said, do you want a beer? And I was like, no, I'm okay. And he... Good on you, man. We, we do we do Monday to Thursday, no no booze. Right. Good for um, you. And then let loose Friday <laughs> to Sunday. Friday to... Not Sunday night, yeah. though. Not Sunday night. No, Sunday night, I'll have a little beer. Um, Friday to Saturday, I make up for what I've missed yeah. midweek. Good for you, man. It's good to have boundaries. I'm just going to try a month not having anything, just see how I feel, but how boring are we? Nice. <laughs> well, you're not, because you still have a drink. It was funny when we were out watching that film, it was like, you, me and the arm man, and your wife had gone off with her friends, I was like, let's just go and have a little wander. Yeah, yeah I'm so annoyed, because how, oh. how often did we get the chance to be out in town, or the opportunity to go for a little drink, and I was just... You're, going downhill really yeah, fast. Yeah. You looked at Any other time, I know. Your face was like, let me, I've got to go. You just looked like you wanted yeah. to just cry because you were, I could see your pain on your face. You were really suffering with it. Oh, uh, yeah, there's nothing worse though, is there? You know, when uh, you're not feeling well and you're out and about, you think, oh, I want to enjoy this, but. No. But really, you want to just go lie, lie down on the couch and just curl up. And yeah. My head's pounding. Develop a mild addiction to Lemsip. That's what I do every time I get ill. <laughs> yes. Here's a question: When you get ill, does your wife berate you and say, "You know, you're weak"? Um, or is she very sympathetic? Is she very? Is she a good kind it's, of? It's, if, if I stay out of the way, if I'm in the way and I'm visible and I'm in everybody's business, you know. <laughs> whereas, because I have heard the Arman say that about you, that you commandeer the couch and you you complain about you. That's slanderous. That's not your true. Honor. That's not true. That's what, that's what he, he was quoting me. Because <laughs> I feel so great when I don't feel well. Yeah, I'm really, I'm conscious of it. I'm like, oh, no, I don't feel well. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. Well, that's good. good. That's good. Got a bad, Go on, what are you going to say? Yeah, I was going to say you had a bad time with the vaccine, didn't you? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. In fact, the funny, the day after we went to the cinema, I, I was full of cold the next day. I thought, oh, no, I've got Joe's thing. I felt terrible that day, and I cancelled my booster. Let's finish on you talking felt, about the booster. Then you felt all right after that. Friday, thing. I felt great. I was back on it. But Thursday, the day after the cinema, I was like, Isn't oh, weird? no. It's like, but it must have been just a 24-hour thing. In fact, by 6 o'clock on the Thursday, I felt great. For the evening, Thursday night, I felt fine. But yeah, all day, I was like, that Joe's giving me the leggy. Joe's giving me the man. The man. <laughs> I was going to say the maybe, you're, maybe your immune system is so powerful, it just... You know, Kicked brushed out. it off after 24 hours, whereas I was there wallowing in my own self-pity for two weeks. It's one of them, isn't it? We're all so we're wired all differently. That's why our immune responses are so different to every virus. And there's common things. I mean, over the last three weeks, everyone seems to have head colds and pains in the sinuses, front and the back of the head. So I think there are some common symptoms people all get, most people. But I think, yeah, because our immune systems are all different, different ages. And it's the same with the the whole COVID thing, isn't it? We react differently to it. It seems to be on the rise, yeah. doesn't it? I mean, loads of people I know have had it. Nieces have had it. You know, ones in school, neighbours, kids have had it. Yeah, and yeah. where I work, kids have had it. 
so it just seems to be on the rise again so final note what's your outlook what's your prediction for the winter coming do you think it's going to be yeah very uh, excellent question that um i think it's going to be really interesting to see how it pans out because how are people going to deal with being told to wear masks again yeah. if you're not you know the conscientious type who haven't stopped wearing a mask <laughs> and if you stop if you stop wearing a mask and then you've got to go back to that yeah and you're taking steps backwards and then you know potentially circuit breakers being introduced and lockdowns and stuff oh it's going to be interesting to see how the nation deals with those yeah, yeah. restrictions that's yeah. right that's i think right. they will i think they will happen definitely you know mm. but just when just when on that note we didn't do our history uh, uh, yeah. Well, we, I'll remember that for next time. I mean, it was about Halloween. It's not that interesting. That's can, a can big you do sell. It in like, can you do it in 60 seconds, two minutes? Yeah, let's Go do on. it. Well, it was basically Halloween. What, why do we call it Halloween? Well, it's because it's All Hallows' Eve, isn't it? It's the day, the day before All Saints' Day, which is the 1st of November on the church calendar. They had a Saints' Day every day of the year. And this was in case they'd missed any. It was All the Saints' Day, 1st November. And that's why it's called All Hallows' Eve, All Saints' Eve, the day before. But it corresponds, obviously, to Celtic pre-Christian times, doesn't it? Where they'd have these big festivals to kind of scare away evil spirits and stuff. So it all lands right. at the same time. And going further back, even maybe pre-Celtic, to, if you believe the Bible, it's the, it's the actual time when the flood began. The rain started. Really? So the day day of the dead, which is commonly celebrated around the world at this time, and All Saints' Day has been stamped on it by the, the Catholic Church, it corresponds. Do your own research, check this for yourselves, but it's an interesting fact that it corresponds to Noah's flood, if you believe the Bible, dating times of year and so on. So maybe that was, if it happened, if you believe it happened or not, that date is embedded in the consciousness of humanity and so they were celebrating all the people who died that is so interesting so after noah's flood obviously you've got lots of different um what some people would call myths about the flood yeah you know that manifest themselves in different cultures that's right but they all depict the day of the dead which is actually the day of the flood that is crazy i did not know that honestly yeah. and truly Hallow halloween is coincidentally yeah on that time so it all ties together doesn't it we don't know these celebrations all around us have ancient roots don't they they do or american roots like oh, a yeah. gender reveal as like a gender reveal that's right the americans i mean yeah they've, they've dominated the, the color and flavor of celebration even christmas you think all the symbols and signs the victorians yeah. did very little compared to what the american commercial elements have done in the last hundred years They've yeah, kind of yeah, made yeah. Father Christmas into what he was, because what was he in the mid Middle Ages? And here in this country, he was a, he wore green, and he was a mischievous little chap who'd go around pinching people's bums. He was like the party man. Father Christmas was a naughty guy, but they kind of merged him with Saint Nicholas, gave him a red cloak. He was nice to kids, he was benevolent, and he wasn't this drunkard, womanising creep. <laughs> <laughs> party creep. There's another little history fight. We've gone from Halloween to Christmas anyway. Hopefully we'll get together again before Christmas. Well, do you know what chat. we should do? We should do Christmas next time. That'd be really interesting. Oh, yeah. Christmas as a history 
thing. Is there the history of Christmas? Yeah, Absolutely. yeah. There was a great Guardian video I sent you this time last year, wasn't there? That was yeah, brilliant. Yeah. We can bring that back up again and talk about that. We could have a little chat about the history of Christmas next time. Yeah, that'd be interesting. Yeah. Cheers, Jima. It's been a pleasure as always. Thanks, hey man. Catch you soon. Love to the family. Love to the good wife. And uh, have a great week. Stay safe. Keep in touch with yourself. <laughs> hey, that sounds good. Wise words. <laughs> See you, See you later. See you soon. Bye bye. Love you. And then I'll cut it there. <laughs> I'll just cut it there. So, you okay? Anyway, have a good night, man. Uh, Cheers, mate. Yeah, covered. Nadia is just doing dinner now. I think oh, so. Give her our love. Yeah. And uh, we'll uh, see you guys. Are you working all week? Yeah, working all week. I've got a website that I've been working on for the last like three months going live on Tuesday, so I'll send you a link, see what you think. Yeah, yeah, send us a link, that'd be cool. Who's it yeah. for? Who's it for? Uh, oh, Ann Summers. Visit Bath. <laughs> visit Bath. Blair's accessories. Uh, no, it's, <laughs> um, yeah, Visit Bath. It's the, it's, cool. it's like the, it's a really cool set. Have you ever been? Have you been to Bath? No, I've been to Bristol, but it's not many miles away, is it, from... No, yeah, similar area, isn't it? Bristol and Bath are... Yeah, I've heard it's very cultural. It figures in a lot of Jane Austen-type books, doesn't it, Bath? There's, like, a very historical resort. Yeah. They've got the only spa in the UK that utilises the thermal springs, and they've got this amazing, like, facility, this spa that... It's, they've somehow managed to get the, the heat from the thermal spring, springs up to the, the top of this building and they've got this like pool on the roof Wow! and you're in the thermal springs and you kind of overlook the city. Really, really cool. Looks well worth a visit. That sounds I think amazing. it's a big wellness a big wellness centre bath, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That sounds amazing. It goes back to Roman times, doesn't it, I think, bath? Yeah, yeah. Do they, they call it bath? The the people, people who live there, do they call it bath or bath? What do you think? Bath, yeah, bath. Do they call it bath? Yeah, Bath. It's a bit southern and posh, though, isn't it? Yeah, not for us northern peasants, that is. It's, it? You feel self-conscious saying Bath. <laughs> maybe you could talk about Bath. that, because you know so much about it. Maybe you could talk about whether you want to bring your work into it. I don't know. Maybe it's too, uh, too close yeah, to Yeah, I home. could do a um, a little UK destination feature. That'd be cool, because you know more about Bath than most people would, I suppose, right now. Haven't done all that work. Uh, yeah, I do. I don't really... Although sometimes I do... When you're making the website, I'm more concerned that it, it functions properly rather than the actual content. Do you of know course. what I mean? Yeah, of course. Cool, man. But, nice one. Send us the link. Yeah. Put it on peasants or something, you know. Nice one. Shows us. Nice one, man. Have a great right, week. Man. Speak soon. Yeah. See you later. See you soon, Joe. Good to see you, mate. Nice to see you. I'll you get too. I'll get chopping and tidy this up so we can put it on. But uh, nice one. We ha- we meant um, you know I meant to let mention the fact you've got a little click link. For if people want to donate, buy me a coffee link. It's like a kind of PayPal, but you just click on it and you can put like two quid or something. I meant to mention that. That was one thing we could have mentioned. I'll mention it in the description. Yeah, sounds good. We're never going to get any money from it, let's be honest, but... Worth a try, isn't it? (laughs) Worth a try. Get 20 quid a year, you never know. All right, take it easy. Nice one, man. Love to your family. See you later. you too. Have a good evening. Love to know. Enjoy your pizza. See you, Joseph. (laughs) See you in a bit.